Hello, everyone. Welcome to Samaria's Harem. I am Samira Varengil, and this is my podcast, Samaria's Harem, where we share on all taboo topics, especially sexuality, love, spirituality, relationships, and anything else that you and I know deep down inside we need to have a conversation about, but we do not talk about enough. There is still so much scope for conversations about things that in a nine-to-five world, we don't give enough light of day. And today I have an amazing guest, Sherwin Ng. He is one of my favorite teachers. Um, For me, he's not exactly a teacher. I would say he is an all-encompassing experience (laughs) to me. Every time I require a reality check, um, a grounding on the meaning of wisdom and, and um, an element of, of silence, you know, the sound of silence, if you could put it into words, I would say is when I spend time on his page or I read things he writes or I attend any of his circles. Um, and I was one of, very, one of very few blessed individuals who's been with him to his uh, Egypt first trip. And uh, since then, he has led so many to sacred trips in Egypt to some amazing destinations, destinations in Nepal. Um, he, he, to me, is a blessing in, in Southeast Asia because no one else embodies the energy of Avalon. Avalon is a part in Glastonbury that holds some beautiful divine feminine energy. Please do your research about that spot and Sherwin teaches that energy. So, um, and today Sherwin is learning Tantra. Actually, he's already a Tantra teacher. He's a sadhak. He is on the journey of becoming a a Tantra teacher, I guess, Mm -hmm. which we will soon uncover in conversation to see where Sherwin is going to take us next, take himself and take us next. So thank you once again for being my guest today. How are you doing, Sherwin? Oh, my pleasure. I'm so excited to uh, be here. Um, A a lot has happened over the last uh, many months. Uh, Yeah, so it's it's time for a catch-up. Indeed. So this is the second time you're appearing on my podcast. So it's exciting. It's exciting because the last time was eight months ago. And we were just talking about this. We feel or certainly I feel that the energy now, the conversation we're having, is like, it's like I am a new person and I'm talking to a new person. I, I feel like a total refresh has taken place since December 2022 and today being the first week of August 2023. There's there's an energy in the air that spells um, inner freedom, I feel. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> But there's so much else going on as well. So would you like to share a little bit about that? Mm, definitely, I feel like um, from our last uh, conversation, I think it feels like one and a half, two years has passed for me because so much has uh, taken place. Yes, yes. Um, I myself have gone through, uh, uh, I think, nine months of like a winter season. So just really like... Um, uh, minimizing what I offer and just focus on my own uh, re- rediscovery 
uh, relearning, rebuilding, and so it really helped that I I managed to go up to the the Himalayas and spend some time there, um, go back to Nepal and those places that really um, bring me to uh, allow me a, a safe uh, space to just really go go inwards and see what's 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 happening, uh, not just in myself. Um, also, what's happening with, uh, with with the world and the the energies at large? Um, so many things are happening on a scale and level that I think we we are not ready for because um, it's just part of the the new new surprise, the new new emergence uh, of things to come. Yeah, that's. That's really interesting because um, you know you mentioned it feels like one and a half two years. It certainly does, and and the the, the thing is we're experiencing that one and a half two years in a shorter period of time. So what used to mm. literally feel like you know mass taking longer is happening so much faster, and we're we're feeling that you know in our mental health in our bodies and we're we're all experiencing this growth and thankfully you know there's people like you um and and teachers out there who are teaching us how how to ground so um i think you're for, for me one of uh, the very 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 few teachers who emphasize grounding mm. would you like um, to share a little bit about grounding it's yeah grounding is something we we reflect upon uh, daily in the uh, in the early days, we used to um, think grounding is just like connecting to the earth, um, touch, <laughs> yeah, t- touching a tree, uh, walking a bare feet on the ground. All those are still very, very, very important because uh, there's there's nothing more disorientating uh, or or weakening to the energy field than being uh, disconnected from nature and so so much of. Uh, our time. So many of us are in the city, so we really don't have enough of that uh, nature connection. But anyway, uh, that aside, um, bringing, bringing, bringing the the spiritual game a, a little bit deeper. So over the years, we also start to realize that uh, true grounding uh, actually anchors within the the self, the grounding of self awareness, the grounding of uh, self acceptance. And the grounding of um, our own inner inner shadow, the grounding within the shadow. So I think that that is what's um, been coming up, or what I've been going uh, through on on my own journey the last uh, nine, uh, eight, nine months. Is really accessing the, the those shadow aspects, the parts that uh, we that are always uncomfortable to deal with and uh, difficult to talk about. And um, and just really finding the light within the shadow, and I've, I and I realized that is one of the deepest, deepest form of uh, grounding, and uh, it it goes back to the uh, the practice of um, authenticity, um, trying and striving to become more and more authentic. That itself is a journey. I think I don't think anyone. Can be like uh, you know you reach a certain uh, goalpost and say oh I am authentic, or you wake up one morning and then oh I'm I'm already fully authentic. I I I think it is an ongoing journey of going deeper and deeper into our 
uh, our truth, uh, relearning who we are constantly as we go through our own uh, four seasons um, and, and grounding deeper into our own uh, which are in our own self, which of course includes the shadow self. Wow. So authenticity is a practice. I love that. I love that. Um, that I think to me embodies grounding because you're you're getting rid of like you're you're going back to that that tree that you are, your 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 roots, your your yeah allowing everything to just fall away and i mean the word practice makes so much sense because it it you 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 literally like practicing to becoming yourself yeah <laughs> there's so many distractions i i love that thank mm. you thank you for for those terms um there was something that came up just now when you spoke about the mountains you know having gone to mm. india uh, in February, March, and em- embracing the mountains, and I think you've you've got a trip in the mountains coming up, and you do spend a lot yeah. of time in the mountain. You've been to Ladakh, even. Yeah. Uh, I think the other one, of course, that we all know that you you love is pyramids. So pyramids and mountains. Um, in in the mountains, right? Because mm-hmm. even in the past, the the learned rishis they headed to the mountains. What is it about the mountains that that mm. you what you what you seek? Oh, um, the, the mountains will always be, will always feel like home to me, I I, I guess. Um, so many things I'd like to talk about, about mountains. Um, in Even in the old days, like what you mentioned, um, in order to find quietness, to find stillness, um, they... The, the 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 sages would, would go to the mountains or even stay in the mountains, um, and um, there are a lot of the energies. My my teacher called this the energy of uh, stira stira shakti, the energy of stillness. Uh, what uh, Shiva embodies is that deep deep stillness. I, I guess this this is the highest form of grounding, right? The deep deep stillness that no matter what happens around you or what doesn't happen around you the the maya around us right it doesn't change or doesn't affect how we feel on the inside so that stillness so in, in the mountains especially uh in in the himalayas that is the 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 feeling and the energy that we can easily tap into so it definitely uh helps to deepen our uh, practice our self-reflection and just daily awareness I think a lot of people have this idea that we go to the mountains and you have to meditate like 24-7, um, which is not not the case for me. It's just, just walking around the mountains, having your meals there and just moving about. And just being there is already, already offers such a, a state of clarity. I remember when I went to Ladakh. I think Ladakh is still one of those, uh, one of my favorite places I literally felt i was in um i was in heaven and um also the the high altitude right so you, i yes. always felt a little bit uh like a little bit high <laughs> a little bit high and every morning i woke up and i was like wow i'm i'm really in heaven and and and, <laughs> and it felt like oh this is it no this this is what heaven feels like and mm-hmm. um that was my first encounter with the the energy of shiva not in the temples, but the entire place itself, I just knew this is what Shiva feels like. That 
openness. The sky was just so blue. The air was just so crisp. And um, it's it's delightful is not the word, liberating. I think liberating, but in a very calm way, not in a very euphoric way. Yes. I, I, I hope that makes sense. Yes, yes. Actually being able to experience the moment um, instead of just like a, a, a adrenaline rush, right? Mm, mm. See it and feel the presence. Amazing. I did not know that there were special temples in Ladakh. Mm. You, did you visit any? Oh yeah, um, every day we visited temples, but oh. the uh, the temples I visited them mainly were the uh, Tibetan uh, Buddhist temples, Vajrayana, but those are also um, tantric temples anyway. Yeah, so I managed to uh, encounter synchronistically um, the visiting uh, uh, lamas and and all that, and they gave us uh, blessings, and yeah, it was just a very very. Uh, uh, almost otherworldly uh, experience. That's always the case with you. I mean, you're talking about your otherworldly experiences would have been totally out of my, <laughs> my my understanding of experience when I'm around you. It's already otherworldly. So here we are. <laughs> um, it's so you hadn't started your your tantra journey when you were in Ladakh, right? And you even you've mm. taken many to Nepal to have a, a a tantric experience. Is that is that similar tantric experience to what you are learning now? What you experience in Delhi are they are they different things or similar or? Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, different lineages, but um, the. There's, there's just so many similarities. And, and actually, how, how I got started on the path uh, unknowingly was it, was it was just a continuation of uh, the alchemy of Egypt. Uh, and, and this might come as a surprise for many. Cool. Yeah. Um, when, when I hit uh, another brick wall with my uh, uh, alchemical research in Egypt, um, I was guided to uh, turn to uh, Kriyas. And of course, um, uh, Kavita helped me with that a lot during the, the early years. And uh, and from there, it slowly opened up to, to Tantra. I, I never, never had intentions to, to study it. It just, I just somehow ended up in, 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 that, in that way. Um, and very soon, I started to realize to my, uh, to my delight that, my goodness, the Egyptian alchemy, and Tantra of Shiva Shakti, they are the same. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. The, the, uh, we have Isis, Isis Osiris on, on the Egyptian side. And then in Tantra, we have Shiva Shakti. And when I start to look at the stories and compare the, the mythology, my goodness, they are very, very similar. And some details are very, very specific. Like uh, Osiris is the, uh, he goes through this os osirification process, he becomes a corpse, he dies and gets reborn. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that is that is like what Shiva goes through. Shiva, when uh, without Shakti, is Shava, which is the corpse. Wow. Yeah. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Oh so, God. yeah, so Isis, uh, the goddess Oset, is the, the feminine, the, the goddess principle, the Shakti principle. And when we come back to the side of Tantra, Shakti is the is is everything, the all uh, animating life giver or life taker. 
um, the, the the force that runs the universe. And that is the same with what we find in uh, Egyptian alchemy. All the goddesses, they they are part of the universe. They uh, they give birth to to life. They give birth to the universe. So the, the parallels are are astounding. So the biggest difference why um, I, I was guided to move to study Tantra was because um, a lot of the Egyptian uh, source material has been lost, uh, so-called uh, burnt in the uh, Library of Alexandria and all that. So it's, it's very hard to find any decent reference. Uh, even in the walls of the temples, a lot of it are either like destroyed or covered up or just not um, not noted down at all. So it's very different from Tantra, which has uh, almost like a, a, a written uh, lineage that we, there are so many um, books, scriptures that we can still refer to, the Vedas, for example. That's that's really, really interesting, that, that likeness between both. And then... Um, I think I'm I'm trying to draw some some um, hmm. meaning here, but I know that, for instance, mantras, right, which are part of the the, the sadhana in, in in tantra, and uh, I love mant- mant- mantras, and I can you know when when you do any one when you say it in the right intonation, it hmm. really has an impact on you on your vibration. And I remember uh, being in um, I think it was the temple of. Or Osiris in Abydos, I think. Abydos, yeah. Abydos, and I think he was finally there after having gone to all the temples. I think that was one of the last ones. Yes. And um, I, 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 I suddenly had a moment, or uh, it was su- 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 someone around me that kind of made me realize that it was the vibration of sound that brings those temples alive. Like mm. it was sound. And today you're you're mentioning this, and you know we as a body are representative of the temples in, yeah. in Egypt. Like it's it's so similar even in Tantra, the temples yeah. represent the gods and goddesses' bodies. So yeah. sound plays a huge role in, in Tantra as well. De- definitely. And uh, what, what I've been taught by my teachers uh, about Egypt is that all the temples and even the pyramid, they are sound chambers, sound temples. Um, uh, it reminds me of the my recent visit to to the pyramids with uh, another group in uh, May. And I think I've, I've been inside the pyramids like almost eight, nine or 10 times. I can't remember. So yeah. Um, I know it's, it sounds like, oh, I'm going for coffee, but you're <laughs> going into the pyramids. Yes. But and it, and it's, such a, it's such a great blessing that I don't take for granted that I, I have this opportunity to go in so many times. And every time I discover something different, and um, each time we go in, we will play with the sound. So uh, as as uh, you know, I do the the, the intonations and the, the humming and all that. So we will ex- uh, experiment with that. And lately, um, we've discovered a lot of um, like sound secrets uh, in in the pyramid. And the last the last round I sang that it was it was. Uh, what is a, a word beyond breathtaking? I literally felt my voice being pulled out of me, and it it just went like so much higher than what I can normally sing. And it, I myself was astonished. Uh, I was like, "Oh, is this is this sound really coming out of me?" And of course, uh, the the students were were in in total um, like mm-hmm. I don't immersed immersed in uh, yeah 
so that that was something new and i felt um, there's so much more to discover um, in in the pyramids for, i think for the for the normal person when you go into the pyramid you climb all the way up there and you just see this empty chamber it's like why why did i climb all the way up because here to it's see dark, this really yeah. dark yeah <laughs> But little do you know that it's it's the it's the walls that talk to you, you know. Yeah. The, yeah. the way the way it is designed specifically is to to really enhance uh, the right sounds to hold the, the vibration. And uh and all this unlocked um when last year during my my birthday, or was it two years ago? I can't remember when I turned forty. Um I don't know why I had this smart idea to Go underground, the 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 underground chamber inside the pyramid. <laughs> At that time, it sounded like a fantastic idea. <laughs> so I, I I did go down and see the uh, the that chamber, which is so much more uh, challenging to climb climb down and up uh, off. Um, so thank goodness I'm much fitter now. Um, and uh, I went down there the the day before the eclipse. And then it was my birthday, and after I came out, you know, everything, everything started falling apart in my life. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, but um, it it was a how do I say calculated risk. It was like a take taking on an initiation on on you know on your birthday on an eclipse and just taking a leap into the shadow. So I I spent the last one whole year. Uh, re reconstituting myself. It has been a, a, a tough journey, but uh, it's, it's just the way the, the alchemy goes and uh, deep spiritual paths like that. So I, I'm not going to complain, but I'm good now. I'm in a much better place now. <laughs> wow. I mean, this is, this is the ultimate truth that a lot of people don't realize. You want to go on this spiritual journey, a yatra or, or what, what, whatever it is, it sounds amazing and beautiful, but yeah. it's the beginning of something else. <laughs> yep, the monsters are just waiting to to fall out and, and yeah. begin your your growth, which yeah. which is what we go for, but we don't realize the the mm. actual impact. So and thank you for, for for sharing that, and I really hope that you. I mean, it sounds like you are in a much better space. But actually, mm. on that topic, the one mm. thing that I I particularly am inspired, you know, with with your 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 posts is that you're so raw about the state of your humanness. You know, like I remember there was a post that you wrote about your mental health, about mm. all, um, you know how how hard it actually is. Yeah, it's. Even even talking about it, it 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 doesn't seem as complicated. But when you go through it, it's really like wading through mud and quicksand every day. Gosh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I I can't disagree. Mm, it, and and we we think, oh, but I know how to swim. But how come it's so hard to swim? <laughs> yes, it's like um. I think I was I was sharing this with someone the other day. I was I thinking to myself, you know, these days I can't tell the difference anymore. I'm I'm having these moments so much where I'm like, oh my god, how why am I doing this? Or things are just becoming so clear. It's like mm. it's like the person who I was in my twenties and my early the the thirties. I'm like, did I even live that? You know, was I was I even there present? And 
the fact is you were it's just that you've you've had this ma massive transformation we can laugh about it yeah. but it is it's not it's it's really not nice that such a huge part of your life you spend lost um and there's a lot to grieve about there you know there's mm. a lot to be, to be sad for to to allow yourself to to let go of you know mm. um everything that you aspired that you would be and suddenly none of it makes any more sense and you're like well now what yeah you have to say goodbye to that the old self yes yes why is there a new self i like the new self i love mm. the new self don't get me wrong but that shift is yeah is painful i think um what what we have now is uh, the opportunity to to live and re uh, no not relive to rebirth um, multiple lifetimes within this one lifetime. Whereas in the past, I think like hundreds of years or thousands of years ago, spiritually, we can only learn uh, uh, our, our lessons, like one big lesson per lifetime. So we have to keep that coming back, right? But now, because of the acceleration of times, the um, getting closer into the age of Aquarius, I think now we have the awareness and therefore the capability to go through multiple karmic lifetime lessons in this one lifetime so that's why we will have this like we look back it's like was that even me you know like 10 years ago yes yeah it's really like a, a kind of like a past life view yes exactly that yeah. makes so much sense wow and and you know if if in two years i'm going to look back two years behind and go who was that person Life is going to get very interesting. Actually, it gets very exciting if you allow yourself to change faster and experience new new things faster. But it takes so much of letting go to allow that to happen, to normalize it. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, uh, it, it, the analogy, the metaphor that was used for metamorphosis is the caterpillar um, working so hard, dissolving and becoming mush before it can reconstitute to become the butterfly. So I think that is literally what we are going through. Um, sometimes even physically, I mean, most of us look different from how we were like five years ago. For me, in our Egypt trip, right? <laughs> yeah. If you look back at our Egypt trip photos, I think most of us look different now. Yes, very true. Very true. But yeah, you've had a massive transformation and, you know, fitness and body. That's another one that I think you are, you have definitely been a grounding mentor in, in terms of making sure that you, you don't forget that your spiritual experience includes the body. Mm. Mm. That was, uh, uh, it, it took many years for me to really learn that, uh, accept that fact and also to own it. Um, and my, my fitness journey has it actually started like years ago, but only now that only the recent two years, I think there was this massive breakthrough because I, I believe I was really ready to say goodbye to my old self. And then I, I lost like almost like 15, 15 kgs. So I guess my old self weighed an extra 15 kgs. So goodbye to that. And I think like what you mentioned uh, earlier, like we, we need to also mourn and um, say goodbye and um, find a gratitude for our, our old self that it has brought us so far, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's not something that we practice, I guess, as a community, mm. as a society, like ends 
how to process an ending, how how to process death, to allow it to have its own cycle. Like because we're so used to just pushing everything under the carpet, it's like all mm. these rituals to do with endings. Um, they 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 need to come back. So yes, anybody who's looking into uh, managing grief, doulahood, and all of that stuff is 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 in a good place because I think we it's so needed. So so needed. yeah yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something that um, society or in our schools we don't we are not taught that, uh, and even it, w- would it be considered one of the uh, uh, taboo taboo subjects like really saying yeah. goodbye? Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. It would be. In fact, just the other day, someone um, I uh, someone I know her her son passed away at the age of seventeen. Mm. Um, of cancer, sudden bone bone cancer that just mm. took his life in three months. And then, um, you know, her whole family is like, they don't know what to do. You know, it just happens so suddenly. Mm. Of course, all of them are busy in their own lives. They've got jobs, they've got kids to raise and all of that. But they they know that they, they don't want to let go of this this experience. You know, they can't let it go. And and they, and they don't know how to process it as a yeah. family. And yeah. all they can do is, you know, seek their religious assistance. Mm-hmm. But then, sharing that ability to to give words to their mourning, like mm-hmm. all of that is needed. And, and we got to acknowledge that it's there. Yeah. And this grief comes back in 10 years and we don't know what's holding us back. And it's that grief that we didn't process. Yeah. So speaking of um, grief and saying goodbye, I, I think in the, the coming months, um, this will be one of the prevalent topics, like saying goodbye to an old chapter in our lives, um, saying goodbye and thank you to our um, uh, previous version of our, ourselves. Um, because ne- next year is the start of a new uh, energy cycle, right? The period nine thing and all that. Yes, yes. So this this being the the last official year of period eight, so it's really time to plan. Like, what what are we going to say goodbye to? Uh, what else? has been unresolved that I need to dig a little bit deeper to find um, the, the lesson. And therefore, um, after I find the lesson, uh, I can be grateful for that experience. So I think I think that is the, uh, the highlight of the coming months. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's a, a beautiful point that you raise. It's, it's such a pivotal time and it's so important to go into that time having acknowledged every part of us, mm. right? Every part that that no longer serves us. Wow. I hope anyone who's listening to this, you are preparing your, your <laughs> personal ending ritual. Yeah, um, and, and gratitude. Rebirth, rebirth, gratitude, rebirth, um, all of these beautiful things that that you know we have to make time for because it's it's what life is it's without any of these things it's like you can't even breathe mm. yeah and on the subject of breath breath yes yes anything you'd like to share there a breath uh comes back to grounding as well um and i i've been been like a, a broken record like repeating the same thing again the first thing we need to always learn and understand um, in order to step into the spiritual path at all is proper breathing, uh, deeper belly breathing, or just um, take the time to breathe. Like the, the modern person um, cannot breathe 
deep into the belly. So it's shallow breathing, or we call it upper body breathing, uh, which means like when a person takes a deep breath, the upper body, the lungs, the chest moves. So that is not the uh, the most ideal way of breathing. We want to go back into like babies, how, how babies breathe is all the way down to the belly so that when you breathe in, the belly will move, the belly expands a little bit. And when you breathe out, the belly will uh, rest a little bit. So I believe this is the most important first step for anyone considering the spiritual path. So what I've encountered over the last 15 years is um, without proper uh, grounded breath, um, the the person will always hit a, a, a mental glass ceiling, meaning like we can't comprehend any further, no matter how much theory, spiritual theory, spiritual classes or workshops that we go for, we put in all the information, it just will not be processed. The body just will, will stop taking in, will stop understanding because we need the breath to transfer what we've learned mentally in our heads, the upper chakras, down into the lower chakras, the, the body chakras, which is the, uh, the solar plexus, the sacral, and the root chakra. So the breath brings knowledge down. It brings understanding to the body. And the body, in return, can start to materialize, to make, make real what we have learned. Hence the word embody. So we need to embody. So breath, proper breathing, deep breathing, is the key to the door of embodiment. Mm, beautiful. I, I, I cannot disagree. There's such a different feeling in who I am when I'm breathing properly and when I've got phone breathing going on. You know, when you hold your phone, your breath is short. <laughs> it makes such a difference. You know, um, when I did my yoga teacher training with Deep, he said this, he said that um, the the breath is the greatest drug out there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we, we think of cocaine and I guess also plant medicine, right? Ayahuasca, yeah. we think of all of these things when we think of uh, drug. Yeah. Uh, and he explained that the breath, the various pranayamas of being able to do even one breath piece properly yeah. is such a powerful drug of alchemy. Oh, yes. You don't need anything else. He said it's free as well. It just takes commitment. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it took me um, years, years and years of um, uh, conscious practice to normalize deep breathing so that it becomes my normal breathing, not my so-called spiritual breathing. It's my everyday breathing. It took me years to normalize it. And and how 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 can you tell the difference when you're out of that alignment, that breath alignment? Mm. So when uh, anytime we are experiencing shallow breathing, we go straight into our, our heads, our minds, and uh, all these scenarios start to pop up. So what we think is a spiritual experience is more of a mental projection, a mental experience. Uh, a true spiritual experience happens when you're fully in the body. Um, it, yeah, it is a very bodily experience. I think many people find this a bit surprising. Uh, the biggest misconception people have is that spirituality is a mental experience. It is so far from the truth. So a spiritual experience can only come through a bodily experience. So the breath is in a way is preparing the body 
to open up and why many people have this fear of um, breathing deep because we start to tap into all those emotions. The lower chakras are where our feelings are stored. So the deeper we breathe, the more emotions are stirred up and we need to clear out all those emotions uh, from the, the body uh, so that we can breathe even deeper. The, the prana can reach even deeper uh, into the body and just open up all the passageways, open up all the chakras. Um, I always joke in, in some of my uh, classes that uh, although everyone knows about the seven chakras, especially the lower chakras, not many people have access to them because you don't breathe into them. Therefore, therefore technically speaking, they are dormant. Your, your, your solar plexus or your sacral is sleeping. You haven't woken it up yet with the breath yet. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And then if they are dormant, then of course the alignment of chakras, it's, it's yeah. off as well. So yeah. all, all the energy flow will be weaker. Prana will be minimal. Um, and alchemy cannot happen without the lower chakras. I see. So that means um, even though we one might think um, we have transformed, we have gone through the alchemy, but actually, no, it's all in the head. <laughs> that's very interesting what 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 would you say about like sex then you know mm. um because when we have sex we think we're breathing deeply mm. um at least it, it feels that way right but then recently i i remember coming across uh, a piece somewhere that's that says you know when people are for instance when they're when they're acting in porn and the sounds that come from porn like oh, they're yeah. not lower body sounds they're actually they're mental sounds oh, we, oh yeah 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 uh, head, head voice the head yes, voice. head voice which i was like wow that makes so much sense yeah and it kind of links back to what you're saying too it's like yeah. you could be having sex but you could still be in your head yeah oh, we, oh yes uh I, I think why so many people crave um sex is because they don't know a better way to ground Mm. Yeah, or they have lost so much of that self uh, internal intimacy that um, the the desire to to connect with their own self intimacy um, draws them to want to connect with others, not knowing that there is a different way to it. I, I yeah, self intimacy. Mm. Yeah, that that makes a, a, a lot of sense with regards to our relationship with sex. Um, Self-intimacy would be how we truly feel about ourselves, right? And yeah, and in in that it it reflects on how we're going to feel about other people, the extent to which we can actually allow ourselves to feel about ourselves. Mm. Okay, so. The, yes. the, the depth of the, how deep we can experience uh, not just emotions, um, pleasure, and uh, of course, spirituality uh, as well. That uh, I, I bumped into someone um, in when I was walking, walking around Bansa that day, and someone like shouted my name and recognized me from, from Instagram. And um, so, so, this person asked me a very interesting question that I, I had to take a few seconds to to think how to answer it's like um so uh, this person asked like how how did you become spiritual or how did you um 
I, I think she had the impression that I, I had some spiritual powers, which I actually definitely, definitely don't. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, but basically she asked, like, how do you become spiritual? And I had to think about that. Um, I, I don't think becoming spiritual or being spiritual is special at all. I believe every human being, it is our nature to be spiritual, but uh, it's just that we have disconnected from it. So we think spirituality or being spiritual is something special now, but actually it's the most basic thing that we are born with as babies in the world. But as we grow up, we integrate into society, we start to lose or forget that connection. So I thought that was very, very interesting. That actually makes so much sense. I can see now why that would have been like to you, because to you, it's like, what is she talking about? Like it's, it's everything. And and then to put it into context, that makes a lot of sense because you, right, you haven't had, like, I had a total life overhaul um, that, that you know, I, I believe since I was 20, mm-hmm. self, I had a very strong calling in this space, but everything had to reach a point where I, I cannot carry it anymore and I had to change everything. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in your case, though, and I, I believe many of us have that that spiritual awakening where we have we, we need to come to a realization that this is not who we are and we have to shift all of that. You never had that. You're, you were always from the very beginning um, drawn towards statues of deities. Mm. Um, all of these things have appealed to you from the very beginning. And but I, I did. I did try to fit into society. I, I did try to you know work in a normal, normal setting, but then it just very soon got very bad. And I knew like if I continued, like my life would be affected somehow. So I, I just couldn't continue. Yeah, I, I did try though. <laughs> I see, I see. Yeah, I mean, I'm. It's 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 today. All of this is is normal. But mm. you know, we suddenly remember a time where this was not normal trying yeah. to be and do any of this was yeah. just you know so taboo <laughs> yeah and then my, my my mama was always worried about me because she's like you know such a weird child who only wants to stay in the temple and only, only wants to pray to this and that and it's like how are you going to grow up and and function and take care of yourself when you grow up so that was always been a, a biggest worry so she can uh uh rest assured now everything is fine <laughs> that's such an interesting thing for a mother to have gone through right for her yeah, son yeah just like in the temple yeah strange child <laughs> <laughs> yeah one day maybe you must actually get your mom on the podcast that would be really interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's she's hilarious <laughs> because you, you actually have a have a natural knack of of uh, of sharing, you know, it's like you're 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 a natural actor. I almost think like for for a teacher to be effective, they need to they 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 need to be almost playing with who they are, their their personality. And you know, you could be a comedian sometimes. I think with the way <laughs> with the way you, you get up in front and 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 you 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 teach. Does that come from your mom or dad? Um, both but it also came from a lot of experience in my early days when i first started uh, sharing and teaching i was mm-hmm. very uh, serious <clears throat> very uh, theory oriented and i was like uh, still very much in the mind so afraid of like um, getting my facts wrong <clears throat> yes yes yeah and uh, over the years i realized that uh, we, we cannot approach spirituality with 
uh, grave seriousness and mm. uh, I have to find a way to not just lighten up but really find and enjoy the humor in in everything in everyday life and thankfully managed to integrate and bring that into my my work and communication as well I think um, yeah and and therefore helps me to also become much less attached to what I do what I teach um, and the more detached I become, um, the lighter things feel and ironically, more, more clarity and uh, information flows in. Uh, like, like it's, it's almost like the, the less you worry about not knowing, the more you actually get to know. Yeah, so that, that has been one of the amazing things about this journey as well. Wow. I just realized there's one aspect that I did not share about what you do, and that's Batsa. That is how everything came into being with you, being able to come up and become a teacher, Batsa. Mm-hmm. And you, you, know, you do astrology as well, really deep astrology. Like you've got Vedic astrology and Western astrology and Egyptian astrology yeah. and the metaphysics of all of them. I mean, I don't think I know anyone else who has, uh, even even online, right, among spiritual teachers, like a breadth of all of that together. So, you know, it, it must be mentioned that that part is massive too. And you used to teach up on stage with Joey Yap, um, yeah. this academy. So, yes, it's a, it's a powerful space. And, and I guess you are not the teacher then that you are now. Like oh, this. yeah, definitely not. <laughs> I was so much more... Uh, according to students who are who have you not know, seen me uh, that that time like fifteen over years ago, it's uh, uh, I I was much more serious, much more oh in, in their in their own words arrogant, uh, unapproachable, and um, and I I knew that if I wanted to to move deeper into honesty and authenticity in spirituality, that that had to go. And it wasn't easy because that was like a survival coping mechanism, you know, being serious, being knowledge-driven. I got my facts right and all that stuff. But now, ah, it's okay if I make a mistake. Just do better next time or um, rectify the mistake as best as I can. And yeah, and that has helped myself um, to enjoy life better, I would say. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I, I think I think that's great advice for for anyone who's embarking on any kind of teaching career. Actually, um, thank you, thank you for that. Thank you to me as well. <laughs> on that note, um, and I'm I'm actually curious about your dating experience. Mm. Um, how has that been for you as a spiritual being from from that point of view? Mm. Uh, on, on some aspects, it's, it's harder, but there are also aspects where it's easier. The easier parts is when you recognize um, your own projections um, and, um, and it's good when you get triggered right, by, by the other uh, party. Mm-hmm. And, you get it. and I would think, oh, why is this? Why am I being triggered by, do they really mean this or am I assuming it based on my own past experience? So it's really a, like a, a crash course as well. Uh, why I started dating is is in a way to test myself. Am I re- am I really, um, you know, like so called spiritually that aware or not? Uh, because if this this will show me whether uh, I how much more work I need in uh, in myself. And um, of course, we are always a work in progress. But uh, where where the wounds are hidden, things like that. So. Um, 
so that is the the good part of it. You you get to learn deeper about yourself, and 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 truly understanding. Um, because I've been single for also like so many years, and um, relearning things like uh, coexisting, cooperation, communication. So it's not like uh, in in my own path, right? I just do whatever I feel like doing. <laughs> if someone else is involved, then it's like, oh, we need to communicate. Um, sharing space, um, sharing of uh, energy, sharing of time. So all that, um, when I first started uh, dating a few years ago, that was uh, new to me. So I had to relearn it uh, all over again. Um, what are the hard parts? One of the challenges is that sometimes people are drawn to me uh, for healing. <laughs> oh, dear. Not, not dating. Yeah, so I, uh, the 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 early stage, I have to be very discerning. Is this person, uh, or I'll, I'll put it the other way around? Uh, am I drawn to so-called rescue this person again? Is as an old pattern, or is this truly oh. someone potentially who can be an equal? So I'm I'm just very mindful of that. And um, many many dates that I've had after we started dating, immediately they get they go through a purification. So I, <laughs> I feel bad sometimes. Um, it, so what, what happens, I think, when, when the, um, you, 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 you stay a while in my energy field and a lot of things come to light in their life. That, um, so I, I try to preempt them uh, as, as, as soon as I can. Say, hey, this is what I do. You have an idea. So often this happens. Um, and, and yeah, I think... Nine, nine out of ten times. Uh, so I, I'm also moving through the different stages of learning and all those different phases. Um, and um, yeah, so who knows? Lately, the, the ones that uh, I've um, met are more how do I, spiritually aware, I would say. They have an idea of how energy works and all that. So um, yeah, let, let's see where it where it takes us. Yeah, that's that's fascinating, right? Like um, <laughs> as we as we grow and we learn the lessons, like what is the new shape of what's coming? Hmm. So, yeah. mm. so where where do you see yourself going over the next six months? Or you know, you mentioned next year, the significance of next year. Would you like to share a little bit about that? Mm. So next year is the official start of uh, a new 20-year cycle, what we call period nine, um, starting from 2024 until um, about 2043, 20, uh, about 20 years. So this year is the end of the, uh, the, the old period of uh, what we call period eight. So the transition would uh, include um, a, a lot of what, what we've learned in the last 20 years. Uh, what we've seen as well is there's a lot of, um, on one hand, going back to our roots, going back to source material, um, learning from history um, in order to advance uh, further. So we will see a lot of these advancements that are based on uh, ancient knowledge or uh, ancient practices, which which are great. Um, on the other hand, um, we will also see the other extreme. There are a lot of new uh, uh, technology that allows us to uh, escape history or escape our past or escape ourselves. So there's a lot of escaping um, happening. There's a lot of um, fixations with not being in the here and now, 
with not being in the real world, you know, escaping into virtual reality, escaping into Maya. So we have we have the rise of AI already. Um, and so that part is a little bit concerning for, for me um, because there will be a huge... The fascination with technology will definitely continue in the next 20 years. But to what extent and to uh, at at what cost we have to uh, really look at that um, and of course spirituality will continue to bloom as never before in the last uh, 50 60 years because this is a time of the uh, yeah. element, element of fire uh-huh. yeah which is about illumination clarity um the, the uh, inner awareness however the the shadow side of fire can also be just um things that look good on the surface bright brilliant dazzling captivating but has no substance on the inside so that's another thing we have to be careful about okay (laughs) oh my goodness right that is it's like it's like we're so conditioned to look at what's shiny as what's yeah the best when it ain't that way at all Mm. So it would definitely be a test on uh, this one thing, our discernment. yeah. And discernment comes from not just experience, but our intuition as well. So I mean, the last 10 years, I've always been bugging my students. You need to practice your intuition. You need to make uh, mistakes so that you learn what is your intuition and what is your voice of fear to be able to separate that. Because now in the next 20 years, our ability to not just survive, to thrive or to, or to fall really, really relies heavily on our ability to discern intuitively. That is that is really, really good advice. Um, the fact that you're going to make mistakes in the journey of honing your intuition, of identifying what your you actually mean to what 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 your intuition is actually telling you. Um, it's 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 powerful advice because people are so afraid to take that step. So thank you for reminding us on that. And um, I I have a question to do with the moons, you know. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I feel like the moons are just getting more physically intense. Like this last moon in the last 24 hours, um, it was very strong. Mm. Are we going to see really more power in the astrological shifts that come up? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is another uh, very important uh, topic in uh Astrologically, uh, even though the, the the knowledge, the science of astrology has been here for thousands of years, right? Uh, what's going to change now is that people are going to start to feel the uh, uh, astrological influences more in in their in their own reality, more and more, more in their body as well. Why? Because more than half the world are really awakening, so we have become more open, more sensitive to these energy shifts. You can say the last 50 to 100 years, we've been very much more like dumbed down or buffered. Yeah, exactly. By our ignorance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but now because people are becoming more aware and therefore we will feel these energies so much more. Um, And not to mention now, um, you know, things like uh, eclipse, full moon, super moon, like mainstream terms. You know, if you ask anyone, (laughs) 10 years ago, when I first started doing like moon circles, we were like, oh, what, what are you doing? It's like, why, what's the big deal with the uh, full moon? Uh, is there a difference between the full moon and the new moon? So all these things, even 10 years ago, like people here didn't fully understand. 
um, that you know during the full moon uh, is is a time of illumination of blossoming and all all the water energy in us is being pulled out to the surface. So it's such a, a beautiful time and and yeah, you know this and most most of us know know this. In the ancient days, we all lived according to the moon cycles. It's just that in modern days, it's such a, a, a thing, but it's, it's, it's part of nature. Yes. We are nature, so of course, mm. we are impacted by that. Yeah. And I was just, uh, this morning, I was just reflecting on, on how I started doing moon circles. Uh, first, I have to thank my mom again. From young, she's always pointed out to us like new moon, full moon, uh, they are special, you know that they, they are different. But she couldn't explain why they were special. And then, when until I met my first um, uh, Egyptian alchemy teacher, Sri, uh, so she was doing these uh, healing circles uh, for the goddess and all that. And um, so I started learning from there. And and one day she just like, um, yeah, I, I remember that very moment when she she's from Singapore. So she was doing a circle here in KL at that time. I think our first. The first ever New Age Center, which we are always, always so grateful for, uh, Lightworks, Lightworks in KL. Um, I think J- Jalan Masui is, is next to the No Black Tie. So, I didn't even know of this place. Okay, wow. Yeah, it's the first, it's, it's where all it started. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. So anyway, she was doing a circle there and she asked me to, to assist her to be her, her assistant. And I think that was the moment, it's like the knowledge or... In a way, I was like being initiated into circles, and uh, and soon after that, she was also very supportive. She gave me like tips and uh, like how to hold a, how to hold space, how to run a circle, and I, actually, my entire uh, so called spiritual career started. Uh, it started with energy healing sessions, but then uh, I needed a bigger space to do moon circles. So it literally started from moon circles. And um, I've been doing that ever since, um, I think, 2010. Um, yeah, I, I can't believe I, I was just reflecting upon it and I've been doing this for like 13 years, moon circles particularly, and um, always, always uh, grateful for um, each full moon reveals something or each new moon helps to heal something. Each waning moon or dark moon, if, when, if we tune into the energies, it can help us uh, purify or clear something so and every month which which is a moon cycle every month gives us opportunity and the energies and support to do all these things for our lives isn't that amazing and it's free you just have to tune in and it yes, is, yeah it is amazing um that the the moons can do such um such they can do so much to help us um and, but it is, I, I feel like physically I need to plan, you mm. know. Um, <laughs> it's like I know that day I'm not going to sleep very well. Mm. So I need to be ready for the fact that it's it's okay and it's natural. Um, and it's it's no big deal to sleep less because actually, I it, even though it felt like I might have slept three hours, physically I have been energized. Mm. Mm. There's a shift that has taken place and I am being supported. So a lot of the biology stuff that we're so used to, you know, um, having like making sure we sleep well, we eat well and all of this. Yeah. We kind of have to make that intuitive almost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So th- our our uh, approach and uh, understanding of that has also, it, need, it needs to grow. And um, Of course, I think there are some, some individuals who can just sleep consistently every day, but not 
uh, everyone necessarily. And also the, the difference, uh, and this is where your work comes in so importantly, the difference between uh, the, the male and female uh, physiology and how we uh, respond to the moon a little bit differently, uh, the moon energies. Yes, yes. I think that is very, very important for more people to know and to normalize it. To normalize it means like we have to talk about it so much that it becomes almost second nature, that people no longer feel weird when we talk about, like what you mentioned earlier, like during full moon, we, we can't sleep or we need less rest because only because we are drawing from the moon. Yes, that's that actually makes makes a, a lot of sense, but it does take some getting used to, and it 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 will, I guess, just like a lot a lot of stuff has shifted, and we have managed to make it a part of our life. More so is coming up, um, and that's just part of period nine. So it's very exciting, but nervous. nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exciting and nervous at the same time. I think because more of these um, new things. When I say new things, I, I probably mean ancient things will get rediscovered uh, or these old practices that really helps us connect back to our bodies, connect back to our nature and moving towards the direction of embodiment of spirituality rather than learning of uh, spirituality. Yeah, and, and the moon is a very important part of this. Like in even in yoga, like hatha yoga, hatha means sun and moon, uh, alchemy or even tantra, uh, the practice is to unite the solar, lunar energies, masculine, feminine energies. So the moon is a very, very important uh, and often um, misunderstood component uh, in, in, in the path and in the practice. And also not forgetting the moon illuminates uh, our shadow side. It borrows the light from the sun to shine the light to where it's hidden. So I think that, that part, some people are still uh, wary or afraid. So am I ready to deal with my shadow? Yeah. Ah, the shadow, the shadow, the that I I am I have become a fan of of shadow work over the years. I I have to admit it was hard to mm. to even allow yourself to believe that such a thing is is true. But there's there's so much in us that that needs healing. That un, until I surrendered to sh sh shadow work and realized how much. A part of me it was i was it's it's been amazing revolutionary and the moon mm. plays the biggest part in that work so thank you for that a reminder um on the role of the moon in our lives mm. so much more going forward okay well um i think we've taken up enough of your time today sherwin thank you so much uh thank would you, you I, I'd love for you to share what you're working on at the moment, what we, what, what we can look out for with regards to your offerings over the next maybe six months, if there's stuff that's there. Oh, all right. Um, the next, I think, yeah, the next six months is all um, back to my foundation, which is the goddess work, Shakti. Wow. So I'm, I'll be having this um, uh, Shakti uh, five-day immersion um, end of uh, September and I haven't announced this yet but uh, I just told like a, a few uh, students who might want to fly in for this um, are we doing this um, goddess oracle uh, workshop three days uh, at the end of October and uh, it will it, be titled the holy grail oh wow that's like during the eclipse window almost as well 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, right. Oh, it, oh actually, oh. It, is, it is. Oh yeah, I didn't realize it is in the. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> okay, the Holy Grail. So that's a bit of Avalon in Kale. Yeah, oh my yeah. god. So coming back to that, um, and then, and I believe that will be the my last um, offering of the year, and then we'll wind down the year and prepare for next year. Wow, 2024, the big 2024, the big new start. Mm. Well, at the later part of the year, right? Uh, but of course, we'll, we'll feel it. We'll feel it throughout the year. So Yeah, we'll feel it. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank for, you. Again, thank you so much for the conversation, the insights, the love. Um, and appreciate appreciate this this time with you always and look forward to the next conversation we have. Maybe your mom will be there. Who knows? <laughs> I'll, I'll check with her. <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely be enlightening because I, I feel that the human side of our spiritual journey is so important and it's so under underlooked. You know, mm. we, we keep looking for miracles and things like that. When yeah, the, miracle the next guru... Yes, exactly, exactly. Oh, I just I just want to add, throw in lastly, uh, Netflix just released this uh, um, very interesting uh, thing, how to be a, a cult leader or something like that. Oh, I think I've seen it. Yeah, yes. Just yes, came yes. out last week. It's, I think it's, it's hilarious and it's fantastic because we need to see this. Yes. Yes, and you know, we are making it happen by by allowing allowing that that in a in a wounding in us to manifest yeah. in and, these in these cult leaders. Yeah, and not practicing our own discernment. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. Thank reminder. you so much. Yeah. Okay. Bye for now. Bye so bye. Thank, thank you. you.